0: of the STAOS Podcast. It's your boy, Chris. Follow us, Stay us Podcast, at Stayos Podcast on Instagram, as well as on Twitter at STAOS Podcast. I've been very active on Twitter, slightly active on Instagram. Get some good insights and some uh, laughs along the way, especially as we go through this last dance documentary that's been going on. We'll discuss that today. Today, I am joined by G. Smith, from the litness test and JB will join us also from the views from the back of the class podcast. Hang out with us. Enjoy the ride. We got JB from Views Podcast. What's up, man? What up, what up, what up? Thanks for having me. So we're here to talk about the last dance. Um uh, episodes one through four. It's been it's been like crack, man. It's been uh Addictive. (laughs) 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 I was literally scratching last night after the at at four. It could have been coincidence, but at the end of the four, I'm like, I need I need another hit. Need another hit. It's it's so addictive. So if we can go back, think back a week, episode one and two. Uh, A lot of people said Jerry Cross was made to look like a villain. Especially in the the first couple episodes, what do you think? I think they just led with the facts. Like people could draw their own conclusions. I think the idea of um, him being villainized had to do more with what we knew about the situation or what we thought we knew about the situation. The narrative was already out there of him being a villain. So then we started to see the things that were put in place. Um, For one, the story is not complete, right? Well, all we saw. In episode one was just what was going on in the offseason. And granted, Jerry was doing some dirty stuff. He made, you know, some pretty poor decisions um, as far as trying to dismantle a dynasty. Yeah. Um, and it appeared it was driven by ego. So that's it. It wasn't the best look. But if you look at the whole picture of it, um, he wasn't he wasn't as bad as we want to remember him as being. Absolutely. But I don't think the, the documentary um painted him in any way. They just put the facts out there and you know, you draw what conclusions you draw from it. Yeah, absolutely his ego it played a, a large part in it, man. It's like you have you pretty much had that shadow, that statue right, right. that was sitting in the parking lot. You know what I'm saying? It was looming. Looming over mm-hmm. you. Because every every good move he made, you still got well. No, they got Mike. Right. So, you know, it don't matter if you bring in Steve Kerrjub, Bushler, Scott Burrell, Key Cogs, you know what I'm saying guys who play roles. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have to trade for Scottie Pippen, you drafted Horace Grant, you put that team together, you traded Charles Oakley and got a needed piece, good defensive mm-hmm. center. But it still boiled down to people saying, Well, you do got Mike. Well for me, I feel like that's a um If I'm in Jerry Krause's position, you can't allow that to bother you so much because anybody that's just saying, oh, you got Mike, so that's that, doesn't know what the game is about because it takes more than any singular star, one, to win a championship, Mm -hmm. but to win multiples, you know, two separate three-peats, that's not just Mike. Mike is the GOAT, no doubt about it. But without those other pieces, you know, we're looking at him like we look at LeBron. Or how we looked at LeBron earlier in his career, I should say. Yeah, I mean you 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 need help, um, and Jerry provided the needed pieces. Even even mm-hmm. to the point, you got the right coaches in place, right, to to get Mike over the hump. And honestly, you know, as as much as Scotty and Mike bullied him, um, Jordan eventually does give Jerry a lot of credit for the moves he made. They just didn't like the dude. Right. Because of the way it all ended up. Right. You know, so. I mean, it, my thing is do we have to all like each other in order to work together, right? Exactly. Can, it, doesn't, it doesn't need to be a big happy family. Can we do business? Exactly. But that didn't seem to be enough for Jerry because he was dealing with some other personal things. Like, <laughs> Mike was so disrespectful. <laughs> so disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry just wanted to be one of the boys, but that wasn't gonna ever happen. Yeah, he wanted to fit in. And it's just, mm-hmm. But that, I don't, I don't think he understood that dynamic either. You know, it's it's still the same dynamic uh, that you have in the workplace. You know, you got exactly you got management and you got employees. Yep. Jerry was management. He could have been as cool as ever. You know, he could have been GQ model walking through the hallway. They're mm-hmm. still gonna shake up, and everybody's gonna go their separate ways. So Jerry was never going to be one of the guys, one of the fellas. right? And he played it wrong. If he he should have played it more of a Pat Riley type, right? You can get away with cold calculated moves. Um, Pat Riley as an executive has pretty much been bulletproof, with the exception of you know not giving Dwayne Wade his money the first time, and even then, he was still it was right. a it was the right business move. It was the wrong PR move. Yeah. But that if, if that's the one thing you could say about him as an executive over what twenty twenty-five years, I mean Jerry Krause could have learned something from that. Don't try to don't try to fit in with the players. You're not of that ilk. You weren't a former player. You are short and fat, as yeah. Mike was so quick to point out. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> so be so be who you are. You you know hit him you know what? I am short and fat. But guess who makes sure you're getting paid? Watch your mouth, son. Maybe not, son. You probably don't want to do that as yeah, a racial yeah. component there. You may not want to go that far, but. <laughs> <laughs> I get your point, though. Indeed, indeed. So talking about Mike, right? So episode one really focused on Mike bursting on the scene, uh, you know, being one of two rookies, 25-5-5, and you know, going through the whole broken foot situation, coming back against Boston not wanting to lose, you know, the, the famous uh, headache conversation he had with Jerry Reinsdorf, you know. <laughs> I love that. I love that one. But it just – it showed you – one, I appreciate how they, they dive into – because we always heard about Larry coming mm-hmm. up. He always tried to be Larry. But it, it dives into how, honestly, it was almost not not as extreme, But but James Jordan was kind of like a Joe Jackson. Mm-hmm. In that situation, because he was pitting them against each other, mm-hmm. trying to trying to get a diamond out of some coals that he had there. Because you know, by all accounts, Larry Larry was a dog on the court. You yeah. know, and like you you see some of the old clips. Even now, Larry would, would would go to the Bulls' practices and just dunk. You know, out there in the Birdo Center. So James would would play them against each other. You ain't gonna never be better than Larry. You know, you ain't you ain't technical like they always had Larry under his wing and and holding mm-hmm. him up. For Mike to look at and Mike resented that, but it made a monster. Yeah, man. I uh I was feeling that when and I, I never heard that that story before, I never heard that perspective of it. When he started talking about uh I think it was it was James, he was saying, Oh yeah, you asked Mike for a screwdriver, he bring you a pair of pliers and he tell him go on, go on in there with your mama. Yo, that's <laughs> that's like the worst. <laughs> That's the worst dish you can get from your pops ever, going in there with your mama. <laughs> I love you, but gone in there with your mama. You ain't no <laughs> good to me you. right now. Exactly. And then for him to turn around and say that he was competing with Larry for his father's attention, that, I was like, that's, that's tough. But he used that drive, you know, to get where he was, and it just shows what he had in him. You know what I mean? Because uh, some other people might have been in a similar situation and would have done just what his father said, went in there with his mama, and, and you know, learn arts and crafts or something. That came off so sexist. I'm sorry, I didn't mean it that way. It's cool. It's cool. I get it. <laughs> it's a little. It's a little rope on this podcast on for that, my man. But the the cool thing out of all of that was how much Mike still kind of revered. Larry as Big Brother, still, you know, was, still was, he's he's the goat, and he's like, like chasing the ghost of Larry even then. <laughs> and you know he, he he passed him up a long time ago, but he's still mm-hmm. like you say, he's still chasing that ghost. Mm-hmm. It was cool, and and the sixty three that he drops on the Celtics, like I'm, I'm a fan of the sixty three, but not obviously not a fan because of the loss. Right, you know, big points and a loss is still like it falls on deaf ears with me. But con- considering you got Kyle Macy and and uh, whoever the traveling cocaine circus was <laughs> at that time, you know, so I mean, it's it still great seeing what he was doing because it was it was elevated because now you're talking about they were talking about. Four Hall of Famers, mm-hmm. you know, four seven footers, six eleven seven footers, guys who were defending at that time, you know, and the Celtics, even before the Pistons came along, the Celtics was still physical. Yeah, you know, so Jordan was getting to the cup on on all them cats. That's what made it made it spectacular. We got G Smith Hi. joining us. G Smith, what's happening? There you go, G Smith. What up? What's going on? So we are. We already talked a little bit about how. uh the, the Jerry Krause being somewhat in some circles been painted as a, as a villain. Then we jumped into uh, talking. We in the midst of Mike right now in the 63 on Boston. Okay. Oh, a couple things I want to say real quick before we, before we hit it too hard. So Mike broke his foot. Um, second year. This is why I am not a fan of Jordan ones to this day. <laughs> Nobody's looking at There was that. There was no, pe- bro. I know what you're doing. I'm gonna cut you off, but I know what you're doing. That your foot, you know, they cannot flex, man. Exactly. So it don't even make sense. He and it, and it, and he said it perfectly. He said, "I tried to take off, and my and it and my foot, it felt like it got caught. Or just, I just mm-hmm. couldn't do it. That makes perfect sense. When I heard that, I'm mm-hmm. like, that makes that makes perfect sense. Perfect. Jordan sense. ones are for fashion, mm-hmm. not for hoop. About to I'm about to make some. Uh, some Jays fans mad. All Jordan ones are Air Force ones. That's real. Uh, they pretty much they they pretty close. It's just, they just Air Force ones, especially when you the comfort level of it. Don't you hooping no Air Force ones? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I got one pair of ones that are comfortable to wear. I don't know what they did with this particular set. But every other one I got, it feel like you are walking on concrete. Like there's no soul to them or nothing. Yeah. And we saw, and we saw the result of it. Yeah. <laughs> they just feel, but, it's just for road trip, right? He feeling it too. <laughs> the ones is terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, he, wasn't too, he wasn't too happy with his pet. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but what was wild about that, though, is that's what gets us the sixty-three game, all right. He, I, I personally feel like that's what made it so significant was the fact that he came back. Yes, you know, after a devastating injury, and and put them thangs on every defender that they that they threw at him. And it wasn't like these were you know no name guys; these were top-tier defenders. Dennis Johnson was was that guy for the Celtics as far as you know perimeter defenders. He wanted no parts of them. Danny Ainge, one and no parts of him. No parts. Couldn't handle him. Your first first major highlight is Larry Bird. Right. Right. That goes into the foul, man. There there wasn't a three-point line at that time. So it didn't matter if you took a long-range jumper or what. But if you notice, in all of those clips, the paint was crowded. Yes. There, there were, there were three, four, five guys in the paint every time, and nobody had to guard Michael the three. Was, like mm-hmm. just, but that's what I'm saying. But Michael wasn't shooting jumpers; he was going to the cup on him mm-hmm. for the most part. He was man. That that's an amazing game in itself against yes, the number one defensive team in the league. Yes, and they only lost time. They only lost because that's, of that. that too that that whack. Wasn't that uh, the year? Wait, wait, wait. Wasn't that the year that they won? Uh didn't they win 69 games that year? They won like 68, 67, 68 67. games that year. Yeah, that's a top five team all time. Absolutely. And the Bulls would have won that game. game. Oh. <clears throat> Not for that, that Jordan got defense defense taking a three. The last. I would blame, I would blame uh Oakley and that Matador defense. On the last play, he just kind of got out of the way. Yeah. But joining out of regulation, taking that three, he um, and you know, like today you get three free throws. Right. But he was shooting for the win, got fouled. He only got two free throws and now only tied the game. Right. So it's still one of the, the all-time great performances. And I know we didn't specifically get into that yet, but I, I gotta talk about it since we talking about that that part of it. There was almost no better song to choose for that that part of the the doc than I'm bad. Like yeah. the, the the build up, you know, as you showing what he's doing, and in the lyrics, the way LL was going in on this phantom MC, like that's what Mike was doing to the Celtics. Musclebound man, put his face in the sand. We get we, <laughs> we got we got we gotta get on that later. We gotta get on that later. We. My bad. My uh, bad. It's, it's a lot of a lot of music we can hit hitting this dot, man. Yes, indeed. A lot of music we can hear is, is, is done so wonderfully. So here's the big thing that came out of episodes one and two. A lot of people talked about the Pippin situation. Mm-hmm. Who's at fault? Uh, ultimately, or <laughs> just what they right. want you to what they want you to see on the surface, right? Because I, I we, could, we could deep dive. I mean, and it's real simple. It's you know, I do. Simple. We we deep dive. Jerry Ronsdorf is to blame. Jerry Rosdorf had that his little minion do his, his dirty work for him, mm-hmm. and he sat there and acted like he had nothing to do with it, or that you know this was a this was an organizational decision, and we all decided to go, we all decided to go in this direction. That this is just business as usual.
1: Right. No man,
0: this is sports. Sports. Sports business is different from any other business. I don't care what you say. There's loyalties involved. There's, there's lives. I mean, just some serious stuff involved. Jordan should have been a Jordan should be a bull right now. Exactly. But in, instead you 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 fumbled it like Sanchez. Um, uh, at the at the <laughs> Sanchez into his lineman. You can't do that, man. <laughs> I uh, butt fumbled. Yeah, he but Ronsdorf butt fumbled, right? But fumbled. No, he, he was he was uh he was um Ryan on the sideline making the call and just watching the whole thing. That's what happened. It Jerry Ronsdorf is to blame for people want to blame him now for the for the bull's futility, which is fair because he has had the same issues throughout his entire time as a Bulls owner. He never really wanted – he doesn't care about the Bulls. He cares about the White Sox. So if you care about the White Sox, what does it matter what kind of success the Bulls have? Yes, I have the greatest player of all time. Uh, uh, Yes, I have multiple – I have six championships. But you know what? That's in the past, man. What's done is done. No. What what Reinsdorf never understood, and I think what other people have come to understand, when you own a team – Success is not guaranteed. So you have, to, you have to take it and hold on to it for as long as you can. The Bulls deserve another opportunity to run that back, and let's see what happens. And instead, Ronsdorf allowed Kraus to blow the whole thing up from, from, from the offseason, just saying that this is going to be Phil's last year. You knew, what, you knew what kind of impact that was going to have on the players, and you let it happen. I think that that was ever going to be a thing that should have never been verbalized in that way. Like, I don't know if maybe if he had ever said it to feel it was going to come out, but even if that was going to be the decision, then that should have stayed between the Jerry's. Right. If it never comes out, then we don't ever hear about that. And it maybe helps, you know, the relationship where it helps at least the fans look at, um, Jerry Krause, even though, you know, if you look at it, we know it's Ryan's door, but uh, Krause has taken all of the heat. It allows us to see him in a different light if, if that never comes out that way. Now, as far as Pippen is concerned, there's a lot of blame to go around with that. Yes, Pippen made a – Pippen is to blame. He made a short-sighted decision. He, he went for the money. Yeah. And it's, instead of taking the three-year deal, the two, three-year deal, because you had already won a championship, instead of taking right. the short deal, you took stability? Right. And in the end, you want to cry about it? No. 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 Now, the reason and why Rins- I say Rinsdorf this is a bad yes. deal. Yep. The reason why I say that there's a lot of blame to go around, though, is now from Reinsdorf's perspective, That's just business, right? It's not good business to spend more money than you have to on anything. However, you need to look at it as an investment. And that's Mm -hmm. what they didn't do. It's things like that, by not looking out for Pippen in that way, by breaking up the dynasty and isolating Jordan, it now sets you up to have this futility for the next 20 years. The only thing that has really helped the Bulls was the fact that they were able to get Derrick Rose in the lottery. If it were not for yeah. that, if it were not for Derrick Rose and and getting Jimmy Butler um, in the draft, because, I mean, the Bulls have made some good drafts, but it's really those two that have allowed them to go beyond anything other than mediocrity. Without that, nothing's happening, because ain't nobody coming to Chicago. The reputation is, is not sound, and they show, you know, if you're not taking care of your franchise cornerstones, what chance do I have coming into this organization trying to do anything? And people so still that's where that. absolutely they do. And this documentary ain't gonna do nothing to, <laughs> to change that. You know, but, people are just gonna kind of recognize what was taking place and say, yep, we, we got no business doing business with these people. And that's why it's a good time that the Bulls made the moves they made right around the time this doc came out, changed mm-hmm. the culture altogether. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as the Pippin situation, uh, I'm in agreement that it's blame to go around. You got to break that blame up. One, Scotty played himself. When when 100%. the person when the person who signs your check tells you don't sign this deal, might be a good idea to listen to. Him. You know whether his motive is true or not. He says, "Look, I'm not renegotiating. Don't sign this deal, because right. once you sign it, we're not talking about this no more." Right. That's and, that. And and Scotty kind of took it for joke. But, you know, Ryan's all stuck by his guns. Jerry, Jerry Krause is to blame because Jerry knew Scotty's situation. You can't tell me he didn't. Jerry knew Scotty's situation. He tried to take advantage of Scotty in the situation he was in. You know, it's it's the first time you really kind of get close to Scotty personally to Mm -hmm. where you see he has some issues, some real, real issues going on in his family. And he needed that money right then. He had that Mm -hmm. back issue. He wasn't too far off the migraine situation. Scotty was, you know, trying to get some stability, and Jerry right. Krause understood that, so he he gave him a an offer on the table that he almost couldn't refuse. Um, Jerry Rinzoff, of course, you know, he didn't make the investment. You know, everybody in the situation seemed like they were short sighted. You know, nobody was looking five, ten years in the future, which is bad business. But right. at the same time, like one thing I want to I want to kill is the whole. Jerry doesn't care about the Bulls. Jerry cares about the Bulls. That's the cash cow. You, I mean, I'm a White Sox fan myself, but the White Sox ain't pulling nowhere near the loop the Bulls are pulling in. Ever. Right. Ever. So Jerry cares. That's, that's, a, that's a big check. But that's but the, the business team. side of it. But his heart is with the White Sox. His so heart he is will, with the White he, Sox. And he said that. He said, because my heart is in baseball, I would trade all these championships for a World Series ring. But at the same right. time, he didn't say I don't care about the Bulls. He's like, I would prefer a World Series to a basketball championship. It just right, shows you that's, where, that's a major statement to make. Heck yeah, it is. I mean but, I mean it is it is it is tantamount to saying that he doesn't care about the Bulls, though, because like people, you know, go to work for a check, right? You might enjoy your job, but very few of us have the type of work that we would do for free, right? So what Jerry is basically saying in that case is, yeah, I got a good job as far as the Bulls are concerned. But my heart is, is with the White Sox. To me, that's – I don't care about the Bulls. As long as you're going to continue to produce on the business side, I don't care anything about this – friend. Nah, I, I, that's an extreme tape. But I don't think it's um, rooted out of, out of thin air, right? It, it is based in reality for sure. Oh, that statement is painful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the statement is, you know, Jerry Jerry hurt himself big time with that statement. I mean, I, I don't think he's totally in that boat where he doesn't care about the Bulls. I think he cares. But like, like we said, we know where his heart is. And, and that's yeah. honestly, that's probably the biggest reason why his son is running the Bulls now, because maybe his heart ain't in it. But that being said, as a White Sox fan, the same trash happened with the White Sox. It was bickering and disputes in with the White House between Kenny Williams and Ozzie Guillen, and Jerry just mm-hmm. put his hands up and stepped back out of it. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think that's just that's just his that's his. But but even still, even in that situation, didn't Ozzie get two more years? But Jerry watched the chaos the whole time, and people complain and people complain that he let Kenny Williams ruin a good thing with Ozzie Guillen. I think Jerry's demeanor is just like hey, can we all just get along and I'm going to let you guys work it out? Um, you know, I don't want to get involved. With this This y'all thing. Y'all work it out. Mean, he's, he's, a very very involved. Involved. he's hands Which off until – You need, you need to have your heart in. Yeah. Or at the very least have some sort of investment. Even if it's not an emotional one, you need to make, you know, sound decisions for your franchise moving forward. Jerry being hands-off, except for situations where it's going to cost him something, right? Remember, uh, Krauss wanted to break the Bulls up in 97. And Jerry realized that, well, I'm going to go ahead and milk this cash cow a little bit longer. You know, if we got Mike. We need to go ahead and try this thing again. Um, I don't know what Jerry Reinsdorf saw in 98 that allowed him to say, all right, we can go ahead and cut our losses. Maybe later My history. guess is, Yeah. My guess, though, is that he realized he was going to come up off a lot of bread if he didn't because Mike's contract was up, Scotty's contract was up. Um, I'm not sure what Phil's contract situation was, whether he had any time left, like if Bill they was were up, still paying everybody him. Everybody was up. Everybody was and up. Oh, was everybody up. Really to and the new TV deals had come in at that point, so he knew he was going to have to break all of them off in 98. That was I, I believe the reason why he would have he didn't want to break him up in ninety seven because you know it was still everybody was still under the the cheaper relatively cheaper deals um ninety eight all the bread was going to have to come through that's when he he stepped in because it was going to cost him but otherwise I agree he's he's hands off he's just going to let you know whatever take place as long as it's not going to hit his pockets too hard right I think that's when he gets involved i think he just he wants everybody, to, you know, kind of to love each other until it affects his family. Mm-hmm. You know what, mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So, or just go to work and, and 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 go home and be quiet. I, I think he really would have preferred that, man. Like, Reinsdorf is like, I really don't want to hear anything about it. I'm owner in name, not in face. You know, like, even at the championship, like, when they, won, when they won the championship, he wasn't trying to be up there on that stage, man. It just happened that, you know, that's custom. You mm-hmm. know, that's why people know what he looks like. Otherwise, you never see that guy. <clears I ain't mad at him either, because I would do the same no. thing, to be honest. Let me spend my millions <laughs> anonymously. But it's tough being a sports owner, especially now, as, as yeah. uh, you know, as, as social media has grown. Um, yeah. Now you got your Twitters and your Facebooks and Instagrams. You know, people, just 24-hour news coverage, of of anything, especially sports now, mm-hmm. so that's kind of difficult. But if we had that back then, I think you would have felt the pressure and been like, "Yo, we 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 need to keep Phil. I don't know what yeah. what we're doing. You know, let's let's give them this next year. Let's let them play it out. And if they, it, it, the crazy part to me is, is, cross is like even if y'all win the championship, this is still your last year. He said eighty two and zero and win the go championship. Eighty two and zero, and yeah. you gotta go. <laughs> That that's, that's wild, man. Like, yeah, sir, yeah. Bold statement. Who, who would ever tell somebody that that works for them? You, right. could, you could make me all the money in the world. This still going to be your last year. Why? Right. That's terrible. Business. Everybody keeps saying ego. I just don't agree. It's what else could it be though? It. Isn't it interesting though, how much history has repeated itself? Hmm that Paxman was there for this whole fiasco. Mm-hmm. And then now we're placed into the next era of Bulls basketball, and we see a lot of things duplicating itself. And he's the new cross. I think that has a lot to do with Reinsdorf. If, if history repeats itself, let's look at who was, who was the head in, in those historic times. Right. Who, what, what is the key, you know what I'm saying? What, what is the, the, the key to this map? It's Ryan's door. And it has to be, I'm telling you, man, he has to be giving these guys some kind of philosophy and telling them, look, this is, this is, this is how I want to spend my money. Yeah. We don't care about championships. If you you can make, if you can win championships, if you can win championships with the money that I allot, you, cool, go for it. But I'm not trying to spend more than this. And, and, and with with Jordan and Pippen, it was getting to be too much. Feel, people talk about Phil's salary, but still, for a coach, that was that was quite a bit, and they didn't have the TV money at that time. So this right. is all coming from Reinsdorf. So it's just well, it's, they they got a new I TV can, deal, but it wasn't like what they just recently got. But they had they had read up a new contract uh, with NBC, so that's how they were able to, you know, guys started to get get bigger contracts. And that's why that's why the ninety nine uh lockout happened because the players wanted to get yeah. a chunk of that TV money. Yep. And guess who was at the forefront of that? Miguel. Jerry Ryan right Jordan. there. Yep. Battle. Right. Yep. he's, he's yeah. the Jerry Jones of the of the NBA man. Yeah. Just without the without the flare. You're absolutely mm. right. Oh, don't say that. True. I mean as far as as far as being cheap and trying to yeah, he's he's got some Jerry Jones in him for sure. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's it's so let's, disgusting to Let's move on from the rhyme yeah. story. Right, right. So so <laughs> now we're in episodes three and four. We talked about Dennis Rodman, Phil Jackson. First of all, you know, this this being the day after. <laughs> No I'm, I'm I'm surfing the interwebs on Twitter, Instagram, Detroit. The city of Detroit was big mad at this weekend. Yes. Like yes. they were they were emotionally hurt and scarred. Like you would you would think what? they would with somebody with the swagger they uh expressed to have, you know, this professed swagger, you think they would took this a little bit. I mean, well, at the end of it, it was an L. Like, they were they were on top at first. <laughs> then they got demolished and, and went out like suckers. And Horace Grant, I said it last night, I said it today, I'm going to say it again, Horace Grant is the GOAT, man. Hold on. Horace Grant can't be the GOAT, man. Yeah, Horace is Grant is the Grant, GOAT. You? Okay, well, we'll see if you still feel that way next week. Because they're going to dive into <laughs> Oh, with the Orlando thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Think, they gonna dive, yeah, they're going to dive into that, I think. Right, oh, you talking about... Oh, yeah, yeah. How, how you felt about him? He made yes, some indeed. apt statements. Very apt. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I approve. <laughs> so, like, and the, the justification from Isaiah trying to justify, what Boston did it to us. I was weak. It was. It was so weak. And Mike's reaction to it was was legendary in itself. He's like, if you tell him what Isaiah talking about, you know, we know why Isaiah I ain't trying to hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I ain't trying to hit. Show Isaiah me. is all about speed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. You you have no video that will ever change my mind because mm-hmm. you remember he, he, he gave a different said, reason years ago for it. Oh yeah. He said, yeah, well, I they remember. took our style, they beat us the way we beat everybody else, so we were a little hurt. So we Did decided you, we were just gonna walk up. The the goalpost's been moving for years. Yes. Did you hear him this morning on a uh, uh get up on ESPN? I intentionally that. Bruh, I caught the backhand of it, and I nowadays I just hate watching Isaiah. But for some reason they love having that dude on camera. Either way, anyway, uh, they they went they they were asking him about the documentary and some of his comments, and he was like he was like, hey, yeah, they beat us. They were have better team. Um, they beat us. We didn't expect it, and, and they beat us. But last last time I checked, we wasn't. This is exactly what he said. Last time I checked, we wasn't. We wasn't uh, uh, giving congratulations for, for lifting weights. He was like, he was like, yeah, we, we we beat the bulls up for years, and then they finally, you know, decided to to fight back. Yeah, but we're not congratulated for lifting weights. I'm like, dude, it was so it was so backhanded. I was just like, man, I'm done. I was done before. I'm done. Done now. Like I really don't want to hear what you have to say. That's so weak. And, I mean, and no, no, there is some truth to that, down. right, Mike? But Mike and them got sick of getting beat up and hit the weights. He's he's correct. He's but fine. you got to give credit where credit is due. Absolutely. They they Y'all found got a way to beat you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it wasn't it wasn't no no squeaker either. No, they left Y'all no got- doubt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. There, there was nothing left. There was absolutely nothing left. So I, I I really um, I have no sympathy for the pistons. I never have. And yeah. and honestly, Isaiah's excuse, it it, it 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 sours even more the whole thing because Michael made it Michael made a comment and I didn't really think about it. Michael lost these dudes three years in a row. Mm-hmm. And he went and shook their hands, man. Mm-hmm. The least you can do is go to that man and shake his hand. Don't walk past him like he a nobody, right? Like he like he a scrub or something. Like oh, I'm not gonna respect. Mike respected y'all this whole time, and then you disrespect him, and then you right. want to cry about not making the the. He said, he said this morning, if the reason I didn't make the dream team was because of poor sportsmanship then I'm I'm more disappointed now than I've ever been. Well, okay, well nah, I guess you're just disappointed because nah, that's the reason. Right, you're gonna have to be. That's 28, to 28 years ago, dog, let it go. And I guarantee you, Mike, he might not have said it, but he when he asked them who's gonna be on the team, yeah, and they yeah. gave him the rundown, and he was like Isaiah, huh? Mike was like, "Who, who are all gonna, gonna be there? I think I right. I right, think I got something <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and that's, that's <laughs> Isaiah gonna be there. Yeah, I think I got something to do, man. Right. They I went that right. Christian Layton and told I told I took Isaiah off the list, which was a whack decision, and it's in and of itself. That's another. That's a whole other podcast, though. Yeah, Christian, At, uh, Layton, Christian Layton over the big dude is. As good, as good. That's the only way he makes it into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Well, that in a shot. Christian Lena, um, baby, one-time all-star. <laughs> that year, that year, Mike got a up double all-star. People forget right. that. I remember that. I was like, Christian Lena, all-star with the Hawks. Mister Midrange? Okay, Everybody. Slim Pickens, Jack. But it's it's it was it was just interesting. People from Detroit was complaining, why the Bulls still whining about this and. I mean, did they expect to be glorified in a in a documentary based on Michael Jordan and the Championship Bulls? How much how much glory did the Bulls get in the Bad Boys documentary? Right, zero. They they that, that that's yeah you're right because ESPN gave them their documentary. Exactly. Mm-hmm. What more do you want, man? You beat mm-hmm. the dude up, then he beat you up, and then we never heard from y'all again. I what else is was, there? You I still was crying. The end thing is, is like as much as much talent as they had on that team super it, talented it, they, they played below what they needed to like they they resorted to tactics that they really didn't have to if you just play straight up maybe they get something different I think the problem that Detroit and the Pistons are dealing with they got the little brother syndrome they were they were not marketable in the same way other player uh, other teams were and they were sandwiched in between, you know, the descension mm-hmm. of the Celtics and the Lakers, and the ascension of the Bulls. And what nobody really checking for them, like that's the, the that's the lost tape years. And they still feel some kind of yeah. way about that. They don't want to be. They don't want to be the blip on the yeah. screen. You know, right. what I'm saying? But that's 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 kind that's of what, what it they is. Are. They like the they real, also feel like they also feel like their way of basketball uh, spawned. A way of basketball for other teams. Isaiah mentioned it this morning. He felt like the Knicks mm-hmm. started playing their style, um, the Pacers started playing their style, uh, mm-hmm. the Miami Heat started playing their style. Um, those, but in those instances, it never turned into a championship. They they were the only ones who could turn that style into a championship. So right. they felt like they should they should garner more respect. Just flat out, man, the league is not going to go for that. And all, those teams were, were far less talented than the Pistons were. If the Pistons never right. punched nobody in the mouth, they still could have won a title. Right. I agree. Right. But they, but they had to punch people in the mouth just to get there. And here's, <laughs> here's the other thing about that, though, that, that Isaiah is overlooking. Like, all right, you know, they beat up the Bulls to – well, they beat up everybody to get to the, to the championship. Mike and Scotty went and hit the weights. And that was the end of it. Those same teams that, that he crazy. was naming, yeah, the Pacers, mm-hmm. the Heat, the Knicks, you know, tried to emulate that style, and they all ran into the same buzzsaw that the Pistons did. Couldn't get past it because Mike Saddy had already team. hit the weights. It was a wrap. <laughs> they, they cracked the code on it, yes. so it wasn't going to work anymore. Yes. So then why would you Why would you keep trying to play that style? That's the only way you think it's going to land. You have to come with something else. Exactly. That's, That's what the did. That's what the Bulls exactly. did. They couldn't beat the Pistons the way they were playing. They had to do something different. Physically and mentally stronger. Indeed. I mean, and, and you know, as much as I hate them, they, they played a big part in the Bulls being who they were. Yes. Because they had to get mentally strong, mm-hmm. and, and the Pistons basically were like, if you want what we got, you got to come gotta stronger come than it. that. You got to come get it. Let, let me ask you this. I know you got the, the, the questions lined up, but let me just toss this one in there. Mm-hmm. If the Bulls had not gone through that summer, somehow beat the Pistons in a seven-game uh, series, let's say they win in six or seven, then they go play the Lakers for the title. Do they win? In in, in ninety, probably oh, not. Oh, two more 91. two more games of getting getting elbowed in the throat by the Pistons. Right, uh, but they somehow, <laughs> but they somehow win. They somehow, it comes down to Game Seven because they had the better record. So the series, the series started in uh, the series started in Chicago and would have ended in Chicago. Right. Somehow they win Game Seven in Chicago. Do they win against the Lakers? I think, I think so. As, I think so too. Uh, uh, assuming everybody's still healthy, which is is right. a, a leap. But if everybody's still healthy, I still think they beat the Lakers. But if they play those additional games against the Pistons, health is not guaranteed. That's for sure. That's yeah. true, especially when Dennis Rodden was throwing Scottie Pippen around. Right, <laughs> right. right I think that. because the Pistons, the Pistons were the big bad wolf for the Bulls. I think right. the Bulls had, you know, the Bulls had confidence they could beat anybody in the league except them dudes. And right. when they got past them, I mean, it was like. Ain't nothing and we can do. It way. was it was like nobody can beat us. Yep. nobody. You Everything see was it. downhill. And I and mean, Mike the famous shot that, that we think... see from Mike all the time—that uh, that unnecessary move <laughs> he does to the Lakers, the switch. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. unnecessary. the most spectacularly <laughs> unnecessary move. <laughs> he just history. starting on him just because he can. not <laughs> Yes, <laughs> he had no reason to switch. You know what he said though. I thought I thought AC Green was coming to block it. AC Green ain't coming to block nothing. Nothing. AC like Green was AC Green was on his left hand side anyway. He nobody died. jumped at all. At no all. was Perkins. He saw yeah, Perkins. Perkins. He thought it was AC Green. Yeah, and he knew better. He played with Perkins. Perkins wasn't gonna block nothing. Nah. Perkins Perkins knew, was he was nobody's. stunting on them boys because Mike dunked on Perkins two games later. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he stunting because he knew he could. I ain't mad at it, but don't lie. Don't lie to the people. We saw this. Yeah, Michael's He's like, I made 12 shots in a row. Let me try this. <laughs> uh, it's good stuff, man. Yes, it, it is. is. The, the, the Dennis Rodman story. We still on episode two? Okay, we're on episode three. We three or four. The Dennis Rodman stories, man, Where okay? where we talk about how, first of all, just the basketball intellect. That this man had and yeah. his understanding of the game. Where let's be real, Dennis Robin was probably either drunk or high most of these games, and yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's and he's just understanding all the concepts, all the switches, and you know that, that feeling he got when Scotty wasn't there. And underrated point Scotty wasn't there like the first third of that last season mm-hmm. it was 24 and 11, but they were struggling, so Scotty. Scotty wasn't there, and Dennis seemed like he was bonding with Mike, right? Mm-hmm. He was speaking the same language. It, it took me a minute to remember that that year. But when they certain things that they were saying, they were when they brought up, oh, uh, Dennis stepped up, and I, I had forgot mm-hmm. just how good he was playing because he was basically he, he was basically doing the pippin' roll. So he was starting right. with Mike. He was overlapping when Mike went to the bench. And then he got a little rest, and then it was him and Mike again. Like, it was, he mm-hmm. was, he was, was the Pippin. And somehow, they, like you said, they got to 24 and 11, man. Somehow, somewhere. It had to be that circus trip, because the West was a bunch of bums oh, back then. Yeah. So they went yeah. out there, cleaned up, and then got that record squared away. Well, yeah, then Dennis was, uh. Even, you, can, you can dog Dennis for his, uh, personal life, but professionally, man, he is—he has always been, yes, he's always shown up. He's always Mm -hmm. been one of them guys that you can count on. Mm -hmm. Uh, When the chips, when the chips are down, when you need that, you need that solid, you need to find that solid guy, that solid base. He's always been there, always. No, and no ego. He come in, you know, this is my role. I don't need the shots. I'm going to do all the dirty work and I'm going to do it proudly. Mm-hmm. You just, just got to let him know two things. You got to let him know that he needed, and you got to let him know he can be Dennis. Yep. You know what so I'm saying? That's what the Spurs didn't do. They, I mean, the Spurs needed him, but they didn't let him know that because they had David Robinson. And with David Robinson there, he wasn't going to be Dennis. He wasn't going to be able to be Dennis. When your leader is a Boy Scout, you know, no no offense to Dave Robinson. You know, one of Captain the coldest ever do it. But when, you're, when your leader is a Boy Scout and you looking at that, it's like, oh, that's what I got to measure up to. Right. You know, Mike was, you know, gambling, cussing. (laughs) (laughs) Snitching. Drinking, smoking. Oh, we're going to get to uh, D'Angelo Jordan in a minute. Right, right, (laughs) right. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, Dennis was able, he was able to act. And then when you saw how him and Phil bonded. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was a tremendous moment. So when you saw that, Phil really did understand that dude. Mm -hmm. See, that's my thing, too. Phil Phil had that kind of effect on the team, period. Why would you think that Phil wouldn't be the best guy for a rebuild? At least least to get you back to a a respectable point where you're back in the playoffs. Then once his his message kind of gets a little tired on the ears and you're bringing in new blood, Mike has moved on, Scotty. Scotty is finishing up. Why not make the transition then? Why do you, you know what I'm saying? Like the whole thing felt like it was just forced. And mm-hmm. I never understood that. But yeah, Scott, Phil had that kind of effect where, I mean, it, we've heard it talked about throughout the years how he would suggest different books for guys for road trips. Mm-hmm. Um, he would have these like really interesting and private conversations with the guys on the planes um, and on the buses. And and he really was, he was in touch and in tune with his players to a point that it seemed like he just hit all the right, he hit all the right buttons on him. And and Dennis was that one that was really everybody was afraid of. But Dennis was basically Dennis was an angel the three years that he was there. You know, besides yeah, besides the Vegas trip, you know, and kicking. It, I dude. mean, but even even in even the, the Vegas butt. trip. I mean, that's – yeah, there was the headbutt. <laughs> <laughs> I think the kick Dude, the in the middle of working here was a little uh, over. What, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you talking about, man? I'm looking at the foundations. They didn't give him another vacation, man. He needed <laughs> a vacation. Some load management. Load management. I'm doing too much at my age, 34 years But, old. His, but his load management was going to Vegas for two off <laughs> <all> days <to laughs> and coming <then they're> back <laughs> to play. That's it. It's not hey, like he's skipping games. He just went to Vegas. Yes, yes, and it came back killing steel. Came back. I mean, Mike had to go grab him by the nose ring. Right. And pull, it, pull <laughs> him something off the I learned. <laughs> something I learned about Dennis, though. I knew he was. Uh, I knew he was slaying nobodies. I mean, a shout out to him. I did not know. That he he was messing with Tony Braxton as well. I learned that today. Really, Dennis Rodman. I did not know that Dennis Rodman was the man. I thought Tony Braxton was just just the uh, Dallas joint. Nah, nah. Dennis, she was with Dennis for a while too. Apparently, that's community property. Wow. Mm. Nah, man. Seven whole days. (laughs) That's all he needed. That's (laughs) all he needed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, but all of that, all of the nonsense and all of the the uh, eccentric, you know, the tattoos and the hair, which tattoos and the hair. Like Dennis Rodman was ahead of the curve. I had like, he, he would he would he would fit right in right now. He pioneered that, man. One hundred percent. And and that's kind of why I, I look at what's happening right now and I'm I'm just fully unimpressed with it because it's not daring at this point. No. When Dennis did it, no. When Dennis Rodman did it, especially being black, that wasn't that wasn't happening. Like Dennis Rodman was was punk rock to the fullest when punk rock wasn't in. Wasn't nobody doing punk rock in the 90s. That was, you know, late 80s, early 90s. And he's like, no, I'm I'm gonna do this, you know, have this punk rock aesthetic while listening to alternative. Because even the rock cast weren't doing what Dennis Rodman was doing. Mm-hmm. But he was like, "I'm fully gonna be myself, um, and still give you this work." Yeah, listening to Pearl Jam. Yeah, rocking the, yeah. Uh, the, the, the AIDS. Right, rocking the AIDS ribbon in his hair, in, in the '90s, in the mid, in the middle of the AIDS crisis, like that's he was making a statement. Oh yeah. Oh yeah! Again, Dennis was ahead of the curve, man, and doesn't doesn't get a lot of credit for it because you know he's always seen as crazy, right? So now, Which, now it. Go ahead. I was just gonna say one one other thing about that. His um, they explored it a little bit more um, in his own documentary, but just the the emotional difficulties that he had and how that would come out. Like obviously all of the the wild stuff that he was doing seemed to be to protect himself um, because he appeared to be either – I don't know if he had a, a um, you know, chemical imbalance, and I, I, I'm i not saying that, you know, even to make a joke, but there's there's something different going yes. on with Dennis. And it could have just I, been an emotional I, thing, you know, just the I neglect that he had in his family. Yeah, It could be. It could absolutely his it, it, it just wasn't diagnosed. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. And and who could blame him considering everything that he had to endure? Yeah. Um, and he endured it though. You know, he went through all of what he had to made something of himself, did all this wild stuff, but when it came down to it, the man showed up to work. Now, yeah, post-NBA dentist, that's something different. Not touching that one. Nah, not at all. I mean, considering nah. those the '90s though, and, and the stigma that went with a black male who who would come out and say he suffered from depression or bipolar or something right. like that, you know, he may or may not have known and just decided not to speak on it because right. of what would have came with it, you know. Right. He had enough. He had enough attention on himself to bring that. That actually, he probably do not want to be feeling sorry for him and stuff like that. So. And honestly, all of the other stuff, you know, that would have brought attention as well, if he really was suffering from depression, that's a good way to keep people away from what's real. Like, I'll let you laugh at me for wearing a wedding dress. That's cool, because that's not really what's going on with me anyway. You're not anywhere near, you know, what's what's making me actually vulnerable. So laugh at the hair, laugh at the tattoos. (laughs) I'm just adding another, another layer of distance between me and you. Correct, yeah, correct. Yeah. All of that is armor. Yeah, he's, that's a, a, um, he's a complicated character for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. An enigma, man. All that being said, uh, people in Detroit, y'all need to calm down and get y'all act together. Stop being so hurt of all the stuff that's going on. Y'all had y'all documentary. Let us have our fun, man. Go ahead all and ahead. watch your uh, your '89 your finals replay while we so. uh. <laughs> While we enjoy this last day. Yes. See how many games you guys get out of this, uh, out of this marathon we're going to have every Sunday. Oh, we're done talking about the Pistons. Oh, yeah, we're done. No, I, just, I just had to throw that last shot of Detroit. They shouldn't show up at all anymore. <laughs> no no I more think Pistons we're done in this them. documentary. No. I, th- I, think, I think we're done with them. Because next week they're talking about Horace and who was, who was giving out the information. Mm. On the team, oh yeah, we That's died. And That's Mike named names, name, baby. Mike, Mike was was he, he pulled this full Frank Lucas <laughs> on this documentary. <laughs> Everybody's going down. Every oh, single one no brown baby. <laughs> <laughs> so glad glad y'all brought that back up, right? So D'Angelo Jordan. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> My man, Mike, on the airplane. out now, now, from the looks of things, you know, him and Scotty Burrell had an interesting dynamic as, as mm-hmm. you know, quote-unquote friends on the team. Big hey, brother, and, little brother. Right. So, and, and Mike took joy out of finding cats that, you know, he kicked it with in the offseason, golf with. and He's like, hey, come get on the Bulls. I'm going to get you a ring. So it might have been one of them situations with Scotty, right? Scotty mm-hmm. Burrell. But, but on the plane, on video... Diving out this man's personal life now. <laughs> now, hey, Mike might have been like, These tapes will never be released. That's <laughs> probably what he said. Like, oh man, ain't nobody gonna see this footage. Oh, Smack. hey, man, it don't matter though. He's was, he was like, Hey, man, he's like, Hey, man, not on film. He My was mama like, Watching this, he's like, I hope you ain't got no main because uh. <laughs> Hey, he say he say Dennis Rodman Junior. <laughs> but I found He's like, hey, so hilarious hey, hey, about <laughs> hey, hey. which makes I found sense. So hilarious you used about to that. What yeah. <clears throat> and Scott Burrell's um, his image was was super clean cut. Yes. You know he was he was Tim Duncan esque, and that's what made this hilarious to me because I'm sure he wanted to keep that. <laughs> Mike was like, "No, nah, nah, he was nah. out here knocking him down, knocking him off." Left and <laughs> say right, Scott, say Scott had him out there <laughs> all night. <laughs> Scotty too hoty, <hottie>. so <laughs> he, he say he don't sleep, <laughs> knocking them down like mid-range jump shots. Man, uh, that was yeah, so. That's 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 how Mike, bro. I'm looking forward to the next one though. Let's 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 focus on Horace. Um, yeah, man. You know, I, I still like Horace, but you know, we know how how greasy that got. Yeah, back then, uh, because Horace didn't know how to shut it. They're they going to dive into it, man. But Horace, Horace didn't know how to shut his mouth. Right. And he wanted more glory than he deserved. He was always man, he making deserved. mistakes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he was getting rebounds. Don't get me wrong. But he was always making mistakes, man. They're going to talk about it. Mike was yelling at him all the time. Right. He just – He got to that all-star game, baby. When? Oh, yeah. Everybody get one. The year Mike, the year uh, Scotty won MVP. 94. Was a 94. Yeah. Horace was an all star. Horace, that's the year BJ Armstrong the made BJ the all star. BJ Armstrong team. made it too. Which is further proof that Scotty got robbed of that MVP that year. Because they, they won. They won. Well, Scotty got all star game MVP. With them red airs on. <laughs> still need to pair them. And then you got. Scotty, wait a minute, Scotty did who won? Oh, Elijah Wan. David Robinson won that year. You're right. That was the year that right. Robinson scored 72 to win the scoring title? Uh-huh. Is that the year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd have had to give it to him then. But then when when he met up with Elijah Wan, that, that all got squared away in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, because King was like, wait, You wait, got man. my trophy. <laughs> <laughs> you have my trophy, the my study, friend. Man. <laughs> They should have went to Scotty. He dragged B.J. Armstrong and Horace Grant to the All-Star game. You know what hurt Scotty, though, that one that 1.8? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he acted a fool on that. There was no yeah. excuse. There was no, no excuse, excuse man. No. I can't, I, can't I can't even support him. There's no excuse. No, nah, he, he was acting like a piston. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Wasn't it the same year, Scotty, threw a chair out on the court, too? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. It he, was it was a very taxing year for the pit. <laughs> 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 you weren't gonna win no MVP like that, brother. Nah, nah. Not in the NBA. They ain't going. Not in that league. No. Mm-mm. Give it to the Boy Scout. So let's talk about the music. Right? Yes. The music the music for the first four episodes and, and I expect it to continue. Mm -hmm. Music selections, covering all different genres, dope. Matches time period, matches situations, you know, brings back memories. You feel like you're in the moment when it's going on. I know Jamil wanted to to stretch out on that. Yeah, man. Every, Every choice, even if it wasn't one that you would make, they're all undeniable. I ain't no joke for Mike as a rookie. Come on, man. Like, there's not a better, there's not a better song for that. And I like that, um, you know, they could have chosen other ones, but I ain't no joke. Um, I'm bad for Mike, and you know, showing what he was doing in the second year, especially in that Pistons game or that Pistons series. What I appreciate about both of those is they still had to um, interweb those uh, cuts with other people talking. So although those songs meant a lot for those moments, it still was, it wasn't so noisy that you couldn't hear or you mm-hmm. couldn't, you know, get those uh, those interviews off during the song. You, you got to experience the whole thing. I thought those two were masterful choices. Um, man, Party Man, you know, Chris, you and I were talking about this off wax. It's not a choice that I would have necessarily made, but it was absolutely perfect. Man. Like, all hail the king in town. If you want to go surface, there's that. But then there's what happened when we first heard that song in the the movie Batman. What was going on with that? Joker pops into the museum, and he's like, I'm running this. I'm taking over. He starts scarring the paintings. Let's (laughs) expand our (laughs) minds. Man. (laughs) Lawrence? (laughs) Say, I want my face on a $1 bill. Hey, Mike probably could have went to the White House (laughs) in 91 and said, I want my face on a $1 bill. (laughs) And they killed it. Um, And then the Beastie Boys kind of came out of nowhere, but it was 100% the best choice. Not only choosing the Beastie Boys for Dennis Rodman, the role that he played at that time, because Pip was gone. Like, this dude, Jason Ayers, I don't know if he's making the song selections himself, but I'm going to give him credit as the director. They're nailing it at every yeah. turn. Uh, I like to add to that. Um, I'm bad, LL, um, when yes. he was going against Boston. Yes. And I think one of the most unexpected to me, I just did not expect it for some reason. I can't explain why. The, 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 the mood setter, when the. When the yeah. uh, when when it first comes on, the first song we hear, cause they're showing the championship video, is a uh, 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 Puffy, Mace, mm-hmm. and Biggie. Been around the mm-hmm. world, been around the world. It it just felt right, man. It I I can't explain why, but it just felt right when I heard it. Like it, I perked up. I was like, oh okay, so this is what we got. Mm-hmm. Okay, well let's go. And mm-hmm. the choices, man, like it's it's not. It's not overproduced. It's not. Uh, mm-hmm. It's not like somebody trying to be too cute. Like it, everything just fits. It, it fits and it feels right.
1: I'm just mm-hmm. really
0: like I can't get that out of my head when when they played uh, LL Cool J. I'm bad, yeah. Mike. <laughs> oh man, dude, killing them, dude. I was loving it. I mean, the loving build up it. to that. Ah, oh, yes, the whole oh, <laughs> right. Like it was. It was no better choice for that. For for several reasons. I mean, he was a bad man, but the build up and you see what he's doing, what he's doing, what he's doing, and then you go on to the killer. And that's when the world saw it. And that's yes. when the world saw it. It was, it because, was on a like, small stage. You know, Mike was doing his thing, but that's when the world saw it. You on national TV, yes. Boston yeah. Celtics, yeah. you know, best team in the league. You know, everybody everybody's either a Lakers or a Celtics fan, so the world's watching. Mm-hmm. That's, that's and he, he makes, he makes he makes the, the comment he makes the comment that right before, as you about to hear, hear, LL, he makes the comment when they took the restrictions off. Yes. I was like, I was like a man possessed. Like I was, I was, I had so much energy like that. I was never going to stop. And honestly, he played, he was playing like every minute in that series. I mean, yeah, they lost, they lost every game, but dude, he was out there all the time. (laughs) If he had even look- a, a little bit more help, they could have – I mean, they probably wouldn't have won the series, but they could have at least – They could have – He had nobody. Corzine. Nobody. Corzine. Come on, man. <laughs> Orlando <Johnny> Woolworths. War- <laughs> Orlando Woolworths, please. <laughs> the Cocaine Bandit. No, <laughs> man. Right. The only yeah. – uh, as far as the music, the only issue that I had with it, and it wasn't a bad choice, but it did hit me in the test like the other one was a big pun, I Don't Want to Be a Player. I I didn't love that one. It, that, that one was a little too on the nose for me what, for was um, Dennis. Dennis went uh, on vacation. Yeah. Okay. 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 That was a little too on the nose for me. But um I listened to the director explain his choice for that song. And he was like, well, what would you be listening to at that time? You know, well, what Everything. would have been playing in the club? I was like, that makes sense. But the way they was hitting me with everything else, I'm like, all right, this is cool. But they could they could have did a little better with that one. But that's me nitpicking. Like the music selections have been amazing. One happened. one bad song out of four episodes, I exactly, I mean, and you can't even say it was bad. You just it was it didn't catch you like the other songs. I, I get you. And that's all. And that's all it was. That's all it was. Yeah. It just wasn't at the level of greatness as as the other ones. Well, yeah, man. so. Well, where And we, we only halfway through it, really. Yep. Where are we putting this documentary as far as sports documentaries? Especially ESPN. Well, see, this is tough because it's more like a docu-series. Right. I don't know if ESPN has done a 10-episode series yet. Yeah. Um Another I, I gotta put it up there. Uh Somebody was reminding me of of other thirty for thirties, but I mean, I, I mean, do we call this a thirty for thirty? I mean, I it's really. in that same vein. It's 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 a series, though. You know, it's yeah. certainly a lot more content than we would get from a single thirty for thirty. And we tied to it emotionally, no doubt. That right. was, and I'm trying, to I was up. It's, yeah, it's I'm trying to separate
1: myself. It's hard to separate
0: myself. It's hard to to judge it without that. I'm I'm gonna be honest, man. I loved Reggie Miller versus the Knicks. That was fantastic. I I I still love that to this day. Like I I can sit down and watch that, like yes. no problem. Yep. Um, the Fab Five was an excellent one. Fab Five. Their basketball documentaries are really good. Yes. Um, I just I I would like to see the the, the full product because a lot of footage I've already seen. Um, right. Most most things I've I've already known, um, but I feel like as we continue to move on, there's going to be a lot of things that I they're going to show me that I just had no clue about. This is yeah. what this is no. what that unseen footage probably kicks in because right. we think so. you know a lot of people like you know I've seen this I've seen it. we've got bits and pieces but it's got to kick in now the stuff right. we haven't seen right yep. the stuff that that Mike was. Talking about, man, y'all gonna think I'm a real jerk after this. Yeah, let me let me yeah, see that. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready for that. man. I mean, and we already, I'm know. already this next episode. He, I mean, he was already dry stitching uh, on episode four. Yeah, he, 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 I think he's gonna act a complete fool this next episode, man. Everybody getting told on, and I'm here for every minute of it. Give me all that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, Mike wasn't, Mike was uh slow to express his displeasure. No. Like, even even the Scotty thing. You know, he's like, that's my boy. You know, I ain't going to talk out a man's pocket, but it was selfish. You know, so. Why why didn't Mike hitch his wagon to Scotty too? Why would he hitch his wagon to Phil and say, if Phil's not the coach, then I won't be here next year. Right. Why didn't he do that with Scotty too? If Phil and Scotty aren't here, then I won't be here. Right. Well Mike knew Scotty's wagon was hitched to him. Scotty wasn't coming back regardless. Mike knew that he had to express that. Scotty was like, "Trade me. You, you know, I think I think Scotty would have came back if the Bulls would have taken care of him. I don't think he wanted to leave, but he he was feeling he was in his feelings, but the fact of the matter was that would just would have been bad business on the Bulls part. You yeah, signed I mean, that deal, so you gotta take that out. Everybody everybody comes back. Scotty comes back. You know, but
1: it's I like think Scottie, Mike understood that domino was gonna t-
0: fall. Right. Yeah, I think it was gonna be a tough spot to re-sign Scotty for the money that he was looking for coming off that back injury. Which right. I don't think it resurfaced after that, right? I mean his last year, mm-hmm. I'm not counting his last year in the in the board. Like the very very last year in the Bulls uniform, I'm not really counting that. But I don't think his back injury resurfaced after that in Houston. No, no but he wasn't the so, same. So. He never really he never really got back to, you know, all star all NBA level either, though. No, but that that, that depended a lot upon uh, the structure. Also, I think Agreed. I think Scotty was a Scotty was a product of the system as much as. Um, he was just an all-around beast, you know. That's true. That triangle offense helped him out, and they allowed him to bring the ball up. Other places he went, they already had point guards. They already had that squared away, so you're not going to be handling the ball as much. Right. That's true. Yeah, so um, while on documentaries, you know, that You Don't Know Bo, that documentary was by – I forgot really about good. that. That was really good. So, one thing about ESPN, you know, I have I have my qualms about it. You know, the the occasional coonery and. Uh, <laughs> 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 but more make, on the, the TV than on the docs. What'd you say? I said more on more the on TV shows than so. on the docs. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the doc the docs are pretty spot on. You know, I'm even surprised. stuff you think you might not like. You know, like um, the Christian Leighton one was nice. Yeah it was. Really, that was really good. Yeah. I still hate them, but it was a good one. I uh didn't they do a documentary on the Houston Rockets? Yes. Okay. they their two years when they went to get Clyde. I, I'm pretty sure that was them. Uh I have an issue with ESPN, man. But I have a question. When did things change? Because on the main station, they're showing it unedited. On, on ESPN 2, it's edited? That, yeah, that's I thought, not I, thought right was, I thought that was weird. I thought that was <laughs> weird. Th- that can't be right. What do you they mean? I, was, they trying to get all the I money. was confused. Right. But <laughs> you would think that the they would put the edited one on ESPN and the unedited on ESPN 2. I thought that right. was strange. <laughs> I just recorded them both because I wasn't sure which one, and I wanted to make sure that I had the edited version. Oh, yeah? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Make sure we put that on wax. <laughs> <laughs> like I said before, I feel like I'll be doing this documentary a disservice if I watch it in its in its edited form. Fair enough. That is not the way Mike intended for me to watch this. <laughs> right, he <laughs> said raw and uncut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they want all that money, man. Man, and the opening ratings. ESPN too got got good ratings. So yeah. everybody's watching this thing, man. I mean, except Detroit, everybody's watching this. Well, they watch. <laughs> Detroit's watching most of all. They watch. They, they watch. Watching, but they, they watch. can't wait. They got their fingers ready to go. So real quick, Ron Harper's on mic instead of Craig ELO. Do we still get that shot? Ron Harper will still get cooked. <laughs> Look here, man. Mike fought off a double team. If Ronnie wanted to guard him, then go guard the man. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't don't act like you some kind of choir boy now where I'm just going to do what the coach said. You were scared. Right. Right. Because if you thought you had Mike, you wouldn't have went on here and told Elo, hey, I don't get you. Jimmy Paxton. I'm going to get Mike. So don't <laughs> give me that garbage. All right? I know. ain't trying to hear. He Ron knew Harper that. knew He's, what it was. He was getting cooked. He knew it. Yeah. Harp capitalized it on e that W-44. doubt. Yeah. Point Rest w- Craig ELO though. He died that night. He might as well have, had, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I was listening to an interview with um, uh, what is her name? Uh, uh, Jackie um, I can't think of her name right now, but uh, the Jackie Jackie McMullen. Thank you, Jackie McMullen. She was uh saying that she had been places with Greg Elo and she wouldn't right. ask him about it. But like she said like ten people will walk up and that's the first thing they want to ask him about. I'm like, yeah, that, that has to that has to suck. <laughs> that's what you're known for, getting cooked by Mike. <laughs> Regularly. And he made a great now. play right before that. Yeah, he was That, that would have been he, a game, game winner. He made two great players. Craig Hilo was balling that game, man. Yeah, Just just came up short uh, against the GOAT. Mike was there. He was there. He defended him properly, man. Like he was there. Mike had to hang and pump and then try to put it up. And he just he just hit it. He just hit it. Still had perfect score. And I I never saw the, the, the the floor cam. No. Not the floor camera. I, I never saw the stand camera, you know, the, the normal game camera footage until mm-hmm. I got a little bit older because I, I never – I don't think I sat down and watched that game. Um, but I just remember uh, when I was younger, they always used to show, like, the classic shot from behind when Mike shoots and then turns around, like, jumps in the air and punks and kicks. I thought – the way Craig Elo fell, I thought he kicked him in the face. I'm like, hey, <laughs> he hit the shot on him and he kicked him in the face. He kicked him in the face, man. <sighs> <laughs> I'm like, that's, that's gotta be the worst moment of, my, of right, anybody's right. life. My man's had a rough night. right? <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta announce your retirement that night. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he just hit the series winner and they're gonna kick me in my mouth, man. <laughs> I'm gonna take uh, my man. talents to the YMCA. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, Great, Mike Elo put that 69 on ELO too. Yeah, yes he did. He put that on the whole cast team. The yes, Cavs were nice, and like they Mike said, the Cavs beat us. They beat them six times that year. Mm-hmm. Could you yep. imagine? The Cavs were nice. They were a really good team. It's just they they ran into that that same problem that everybody else ran into in the nineties. People don't Bad realize man. this, man. I'm am so glad this documentary came out because now, hopefully, hopefully, this generation gonna put some respect on that name, man. You know better than that. Whose name? The goat. Miguel. Absolutely. I can't. I can expect that, man. But you know what? I mean, the foolishness right has already started. I'm I mean, seeing, what's I'm, man. uh Charlotte? Uh, what do you say? Um, Oh, Miles Bridges. Yeah, Miles Bridges. No, no, it was McCall, Mikhail Bridges. Miles Bridges was straight. Mikhail Bridges in Phoenix said LeBron still the goat. I thought it was okay. I thought it was Buddy from uh from Charlotte. No, Miles no better than that. He he won his job. He played on a team. He better not say no. That's problem. right. You're right. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking. You're absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> and Miles I wouldn't be shut so nobody really that knows not. who he is. Hasn't he only played, like, 17 in his whole he career? Kill Bridges. Uh. He ain't going to get no time out there in Phoenix. Played the same position as Devin Booker. What's exactly. But, I, but I'm, I'm seeing LeBron some K. of the Can't younger be, players, though, kind of kind of swaying towards Mike. I saw I Trey think, Young yeah. was like, I didn't know Mike was that nice. Yeah. Because you – yes, you have to understand what the man was doing and when he was doing it. Exactly. And who he was doing it against. He was doing it against. Absolutely. There was, dude, Mike. They only only made one of them, man. He got to be the GOAT, man. He got to be. Who else is going to be? The fact of the matter is this. Who else, I asked this question before, Mike had Larry Bird and Magic Johnson singing his praises as they were his peers. Like, they were saying that he was he was the best player in the NBA at that point when they were. Which of LeBron's competitors or who would be on his level have said that consistently? Like, who was, who was LeBron's OGs that said he's better than me at the same time that they was playing? Kobe, Kobe. didn't say it. You're right. I know what you – and I know what you – I know Kobe what you were going to say. I remember – Kobe I remember Barkley. I remember Barkley told the told the media that dude's just better than me, man. Yeah. He's just better, better than me. I, I thought I was the best player in the league until we played them in the finals, and I found out he that dude is just better than me. <laughs> that's some strong that's some strong stuff to say, man. Yes. LeBron's I, best I, friend he says Mike the GOAT. <laughs> Your best LeBron, friend says Mike is the goat. That, that's that. That's that. You can't argue. You can't argue. But his other friend, his business partner, said Bron's the goat. Yeah. Well. He's going he can uh, beat Steph Curry in basketball. Maverick knows what's up. He knows what side is bread, his bread is butter on. Yeah. Maverick, Maverick needs to sit down and get his head cut. That's what he needs to work. Man. Maverick said he could beat Steph at basketball. Come on, man. Uh, <laughs> come on. Man. He must have been hanging out with Snoop. Oh, that would be so <laughs> lopsided. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I it would be worth it. Worsen. It would <laughs> <it too. laughs> <and when laughs> be worth it. You want to keep playing, dog, or, or you think you're going <laughs> to catch up? <laughs> 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 Wouldn't even be worth it, man. Nah, not at all. I appreciate y'all that? falling through, fellas, man. It's uh you absolutely Love it, yeah. love it. Love the crew getting together. I have some God. other stuff to cover, man, but you know, this this last dance is it's meaty. Man, mm. it? It's like a beef stew. Oh. Uh, the thick stock? It's it's chunky. <laughs> girthy in fact <laughs> you gotta stir it with a slotted spoon <laughs> two minutes. <laughs> like a cauldron <laughs> like a cauldron <laughs> and we only a third of the way through almost man that's crazy that's crazy man feed me more uh, but I, I love the approach I really appreciate the approach of showing uh, from beginning to, and not just not just uh, Michael, you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. Michael, of yeah. course, is the draw. But you showed Scotty, you showed mm-hmm. you showed why he would make a decision like that, and how we got to this point in '98. You showed right. Dennis how Dennis basically got to this point in '98. Yes. Um, his his couple bad years in in uh, Detroit what really were really messed him up. Was Chuck Daly leaving, as um, right. they talked about in the in the uh, in the Bad Boy documentary, mm-hmm. now we're gonna get into some other stuff with Horace, a couple other players. I think um, Steve Kerr get a moment too. They talk about Tony Kukoc. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to all of that. That like non storytelling is perfect for this type yes. of a story. Yeah, it's the only way you can do it. It's I the agree. The only way you can do it. I, I like, agree. I like the way they just they make, and that's why I asked that question too. Because like every episode is almost its own dot. Yeah. You know, it, if if you really just pick one, it would stand alone on its I own. agree. I agree. Which so. is and it would be watched, cold. Also. Yes. But it makes it difficult to watch because you look up and already you didn't you didn't watch it an hour. You like, and, man, what I yeah. only oh, saw like right. a couple scenes, man. Like, right. What happened? And so it seems like it. The, the commercial breaks are pretty short too. Like they're not really that too. beating you yeah. over the head with it. Yeah. I'm telling you, at the end of the night, you be yeah, I know I was feening, feening. <laughs> I right had her like Tyrone, right? Shit, damn. <laughs> hey, John. y'all wanna y'all wanna pub y'all projects? What y'all got going on? Uh sure, I'll, I'll do that. Um, so I I normally don't be spamming y'all, but I'm I'm really uh, proud of the last. Episode we just put out of views in the back of the class is gonna take some doing, though. Um, you guys will have to actually sit down and, and do this one because we're doing a live watching of uh uh Spider Man 3. So if you are you doing it, have your, <clears throat> you did it already. We did it already. What, yeah, we you did the live you watching it with way, commentary. We never saw it. Was, we got you for the next one. Actually, I'm, I was gonna hit you on that one. Um, we're going to okay. do another one. I ain't going to speak on it on, on the airwaves right now, but I, I, I hit you with the text and let you know what's happening. Okay. Okay. Um, but yeah, if, if you guys are so inclined, go ahead, and check that out. Josh and I got some, uh, got some commentary. Um, and we do have a, a new, a new episode coming out next, actually it'll be coming out at the end of this week. Uh, we did a little bit of an interview with some, um, uh, with cosplayer, which it actually turned out pretty dope. So. You guys get a chance check that out. Appreciate the support and all that good stuff. JB, what you got for us, G? Uh, not a whole lot, man. We, uh, we're trying to get some, we're trying to get some stuff together, uh, for the litmus test, uh, where we review, uh, albums. It's a lot of, you know, this COVID, man. It's, uh, it's been tough. It's been tough. Yeah. Man. Uh, but, uh, we're we trying to, we try to get the schedule together. Um, I had an issue with some, some Either way, long story short, the Littlest Test. We review music. Uh, we review albums. We also have a litmus Test movie edition where we review, we review movies. Um, feel free to check those out. We really appreciate it. Um, and we do have new episodes coming uh, this week. Um, at least one. I'm trying for two. We'll see what happens. But uh, overall, uh, I-, I think it's good c- good content, and we're always trying to make it better. So, yeah, check us out, the litmus test. All right, fellas, check them out. All your podcast outlets, you can find views from the back of the class, the Litness test. You know where you can find us We all grouped in there together on all your podcast outlets. Yes, indeed. G, okay. JB, appreciate y'all. Appreciate your hats, me. It's been Peace. Chris. Appreciate y'all listening. Thanks for joining Stay Us. Holla at y'all. Later. Later. G, JB, appreciate y'all. Appreciate your hats, me. It's been Peace. Chris. Appreciate y'all listening. Thanks for joining Stay Us. Holla at y'all. Later. Later.